Hi there, this is John from the freegiftfromgod.com podcast. I'm continuing to read the insights I've found while seeking to understand what the scriptures say the true church of God should look like. All of this information comes from my free ebook titled The True Church of God, and it can be downloaded freely at the freegiftfromgod.com website. Today I'm looking at the six foundations of Christianity in this chapter. This is the final part, part four. So let me continue reading, and I hope you find something of value in the insights the Lord has given to me. The fifth of the six foundations is resurrection of the dead. Resurrection of the dead is and should be one of the foundation teachings of the church simply because it was the one thing, or it is the one thing, that sets Christianity apart from every other religion or philosophy. If there was no resurrection of the dead, then there would be no Christianity. After Jesus had died and been raised from the dead, he was lifted up to sit beside God the Father. The disciples were about to begin their work, which commenced after the events at Pentecost when they received the Holy Spirit. But there were only 11 of the 12 left after Judas Iscariot betrayed the Lord and subsequently committed suicide. However, as the disciples went through the process of replacing Judas and rolling Matthias into the 12, they made an important observation. So one of the men who have accompanied us during all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day when he was taken up from us, one of these men must become with us a witness to his resurrection. Acts chapter 1, verses 21 and 22. The primary role they saw that they had, and they expected Matthias to also pick up, was to be a witness to the resurrection of Jesus. There were a great many people who witnessed the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It was not just the twelve, but the scripture tells us that Jesus appeared to more than 500 at one time. And you can see that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 6. It was important that many, many people be witness to his resurrection so that no one could say it never happened. There were too many people who saw and spoke to Christ after he rose from the dead for anyone to deny it. The chapter in the New Testament that speaks most about resurrection is in 1 Corinthians 15. It begins in this way. Now, I would remind you, brethren, in what terms I preached to you the gospel, which you received, in which you stand, by which you are saved, if you hold it fast, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas and then to the Twelve. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1-5 to 5. Paul showed that the message of the resurrection he preached was of first importance. Resurrection is that important that it was the first priority in Paul's message to the church at Corinth. Resurrection is at the cornerstone of the gospel of salvation, for it is by the resurrection of Jesus Christ we receive the promise of life into eternity. We believe that as he was raised, so too we will be raised from the dead to live with him into eternity. As Paul continues in this chapter, he notes that there were those who did not believe that there was a resurrection. And I'm sad to say that there are some in the church today who seem to be of the same view. If that is the case, it makes me wonder what they believe and why they call themselves Christians, considering that the basis of our faith is that Christ died and was resurrected to give us life. 
Paul speaks about these people in this way. Now, if Christ is preached as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. If Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified of God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised. If Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If for this life only we have hoped in Christ, we are of all men most to be pitied. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 12 to 19. This is the whole point. If there is no resurrection, there is no Christianity, and so to continue as a Christian is pointless. And as Paul says, when we claim God raised Jesus from the dead, then we are misrepresenting God if he did not do this. Fortunately, we do not have to worry about such things, for we believe wholeheartedly that Christ was raised from the dead, and so our faith is not in vain, and we will be redeemed by the Lord. Another point to consider is that there will be two resurrections. The first is the resurrection of the righteous, who will come back to life when Christ returns to the earth. The second resurrection is when every other person who ever lived comes back to life to appear before the Lord on Judgment Day. Written like this. Then I saw thrones, and seated on them were those to whom judgment was committed. Also, I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their testimony to Jesus and for the word of God, and who had not worshipped the beast or its image and had not received its mark on their foreheads or their hands. They came to life and reigned with Christ a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not come to life until a thousand years were ended. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he who shares in the first resurrection. Over such, the second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ, and they shall reign with him a thousand years. Revelation chapter 20, verses 4 to 6. God has given us the victory over the flesh and over sin in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Eternal judgment. This is the last of the six foundation teachings, and it has to do with eternal judgment. There is a time of judgment coming upon every person to ever walk the face of the earth. Every person will be judged according to how they live their lives and what they believe and have done. Those who have followed the Lord and chose to live in accordance with the ways of God will be judged to live with God and Jesus Christ forever. But those who rejected God and the ways of the Lord will be judged to go into eternal destruction with the devil and his demons. Every person will stand before the judgment seat of God and be judged. And the point of this eternal judgment is that eternity is on the line. Eternal life or eternal death? What will you choose? Judgment has already begun, for the scripture says that those in the Lord are being judged now. For the time has come for judgment to begin with the household of God, and if it begins with us, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 17. We are being judged now, so it is all the more important to hold fast to the ways of the Lord, to seek and find the truth and to keep strong in the faith. At the end of this era, the judgment will occur in the following way, and this is a description from the Bible of the final judgment. Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat upon it. 
From his presence, earth and sky fled away, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Also another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books, by what they had done. And the sea gave up the dead in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead in them, and all were judged by what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Revelation 20 verses 11 to 15. The aim for us in Christ Jesus is to have our names written in the book of life so that we are not judged unworthy to be with Christ. And there is another point whereby we can pass through the final judgment. The Father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son, that all may honour the Son, even as they honour the Father. He who does not honour the Son does not honour the Father who sent him. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. John chapter 5, verses 22 to 24. These words of Jesus show that there is a possibility to avoid the final judgment and to be able to go directly into eternal life with him. As we walk with Christ, we are offered this reward, and it is a good reason to always seek the Lord, the truth, and to walk in his ways. Revelation 20 showed us that those who are resurrected in the first resurrection, which is when Christ returns to the earth, will not have to face the day of judgment, for they have passed from death to life. Blessed and holy is he who shares in the first resurrection. Over such, the second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ, and they shall reign with him a thousand years. Revelation 20 verse 6. This is our aim, to be resurrected with Christ and to pass from death to life. This would be far better than having to go through the final judgment. When the church is working as it should, Christians have the best opportunity to come into the place where they can pass through death in the first resurrection, so that the second death, which is the death of the Spirit, will not affect them. That's all I have for this week. I hope you found it interesting, and I hope you will join me again next week as I continue looking at these aspects of the true Church of God. This concludes this series on the Six Foundations. Next week, I'll be moving on to the next chapter, which looks at the correct structure and formats for church meetings, according to the Scriptures. All of the information I'm covering here is contained in a free ebook titled The True Church of God that can be downloaded from the freegiftfromgod.com website. So until next week, this is John from the freegiftfromgod.com podcast signing off and hoping you have a blessed week ahead. God bless. Bye.